0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mayho China podcast. This is Charlie. And this is Chu Han. Chu Han and I both grew up in China and came to the United States for college education. And through our jobs in the past years, we have extensively experienced cultures in many countries around the world, across the U.S., Latin America, Europe, Africa, and also Asia.
1: We wanted to share our cross-cultural perspectives with you to help you understand China better. So we created Meihou, which is a platform where you can learn more about China and the Chinese language.
0: Specifically in the Meihou China podcast series, you're going to hear stories on what's happening in China and at the same time, learn some very useful and important Chinese expressions.
1: Without further ado, let's kick it off we've been spending a lot of time to get ready for the private beta launch of the Meihou app, where we provide thoughtfully curated, authentic content about China and approachable and efficient Chinese learning that is powered by real-time speech assessment to help you build cultural and business context towards a better understanding of China.
0: That's right. So far, we have curated a lot of amazing content about China we try our best to provide you with a fresh perspective on China. Also, so far our private beta users love the Chinese speaking practice function powered by real-time speech recognition as well.
1: Indeed, many of our users find the Mayho app super user-friendly and convenient. You can use it to practice anytime and anywhere without the burden of having to schedule to speak with a Chinese teacher. Or you can read up on some interesting stories about China that our team has handpicked for you, without having to sift through many different information sources.
0: Plus, our team also curated trending phrases that are hard to learn from elsewhere.
1: And if you're interested in trying the Meho app during our private beta release, you can find the sign-up form on our website at wearemeho.com. That is w-e-a-r-e-m-e-h-o.com. You're also welcome to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at WeAreMeho or our official pages on Facebook and LinkedIn for product updates and even more amazing content.
0: We're looking forward to seeing you there. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the newest episode of the Meho China podcast of 2021. Happy New Year. Chuha and I actually just came back from a trip to China, and we have some amazing stories to share with you today.
1: It was a pretty short trip. I would have loved to stay longer, but it's still a really memorable trip, especially during the pandemic.
0: Absolutely. Because normally we travel back to China at least four or five times a year. And because of COVID in 2020, we haven't traveled at all, which make this trip very memorable, as Truhan said, and also very tricky. And let's get the story started from the trip preparation part.
1: Yeah. So traveling during the pandemic, especially from the U.S. to China, has posed extra challenges around buying flight tickets and getting ready for the trip and even qualified to be able to board the flight.
0: Yeah, so I remember, Shuhan, you were using some very powerful research tools about people's experiences traveling back to China during this challenging time.
1: Right. So social media platforms like WeChat, we would form WeChat groups. There ranges from a 20-person small group to as large as 500 people. That's the maximum size that WeChat would allow for the WeChat groups. We would exchange experiences and learn from those who've done the impossible journey of going back to China. Other platforms like Red is also a pretty popular one. It was used more as a place to learn about travel spots, hotels and restaurants and things to buy on your international trip. And this time around, it was more of a guide for traveling during the pandemic.
0: And meanwhile, there are also some WeChat official accounts who are publishing on a daily basis or at least on a weekly basis changes of these uh, airline companies on their policies and routes back to China because there are a lot of uh, unpredictable changes, right?
1: Yeah. So someone's experience three weeks ago, even a week ago, could be irrelevant to you when it's your time to travel. And that actually happened to us.
0: A week before our flight, there was a change from direct flight to a technical stopover at Seoul, Korea, because the crew wouldn't want to stay in quarantine in Shanghai. And during that weekend, there were two or three flights that were canceled last minute. So we were a little bit scared because it was just getting so close to our trip. And then there was some hiccup by United Airlines that our flights were canceled for half an hour, and then all of a sudden came back uh, and then it repeated again a few days later. So there were a lot of moments that just were very scary to us.
1: And keep in mind that we're not talking about just any flight ticket, because if you miss a flight in regular time, you could always get on the next flight, which could be departing the next day. But during the pandemic, first of all, flights would need to be booked almost two, three months in advance. Otherwise you'll be paying not even 10 times, maybe 20 times the price for an economy class that's higher than even a business class ticket during the regular times. Not only are flight tickets super expensive, they're also really difficult to come by. Flights are normally sold out at least two, three months in advance, which makes trip planning super important and make it really difficult for those who have last minute flight cancellations to be able to travel back home in time.
0: Yeah. And the reason why the tickets are in such high demand is, first of all, because a lot of people lost jobs during COVID and they were finding new jobs and their their new jobs might be in Shanghai Beijing. So they are rushing home because they canceled their rent or sold their houses and they're moving their whole family with their husbands and wives and, uh, and children. There is really no flexibility in their time. And also another group would be students who are studying from home basically most of the time. It doesn't make sense for them to keep paying the rent or staying on campus. So they got rid of their rent and are rushing home.
1: Right. Another really costly item on your travel list is getting COVID tests and getting the antibody test. About two months before our travel date, only COVID tests was required. As rules were getting stricter, antibody tests was also added to the list. And we were actually required, all passengers were actually required to take both the COVID tests and the antibody tests within 48 hours of the departure time which is hard given how many labs need at least 72 hours. So a three full day turnover time to get
0: you the results you need. Mm-hmm. And then after you know, making sure your tickets are fine and you have passed both tests, the story doesn't stop there. There are various forms that you need to fill out pre-departure. And actually, when you are checking in at the airport, it requires you to show uh, some of these forms. And then by the time you landed in China, the customs there will check your form as well to even get off the plane. And remember, there are at least three or four different forms.
1: All of them are powered through smartphone mini programs on WeChat, which makes it a little hard for people who are older to be able to fill out those forms and to adapt to the technology that we're using
0: today. Yeah, definitely. There was a lot of challenges of these families of people who either work here or study here, and they had to send their parents home. All of these forms we talked about require higher technology, which was not very outdoor friendly. And then let's move on to the moment that we arrived in Shanghai. Growing up in Shanghai, I always feel like Shanghai is a home and I never stayed in a hotel in Shanghai. And this is actually my first time staying in a hotel. And not just for one or two days, for 14 days in a row.
1: So we always get questions from friends saying, did you actually stay in a hotel room for 14 days? Were you allowed to go out in the hallway, to go out in the lobby, to die in the restaurants? And our answer was... I wish. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were told, required actually, to stay in our hotel room, our tiny hotel room, for the entire 14 days. And we would only open our doors when people come up to check our temperature.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting. So this is how it works. At the night, we checked into the hotel. There's a WeChat group formed automatically of all the people that checked in on the same day. And then every day during the 14-day quarantine time, we have to self-report our temperature twice a day, once in the morning, once around noon. And then after we reported our temperature uh, there will be volunteers who are physicians to knock on our door uh, to remotely check our temperature as well. And that happened twice a day. Actually, things happen very early in the morning, so they can wake you up as early as 8.30 in the morning. So this is a very interesting adjustment to our uh, own schedule, which doesn't really start at 8 for a long time.
1: Yeah, we haven't slept this early and haven't been waking up at 8 a.m. in the morning in
0: many years, actually. <sighs> And then, so this is the one of the chances that you get to open your door. And the second chance is when food arrives. So it depends on the hotel. So most hotels uh, have this uh, program to deliver food to you three times a day. But some hotels give you the option of canceling that and you can order your own food for delivery.
1: And we were lucky to be able to stay in a hotel that allows food deliveries.
0: Yeah, it really depends on if you're a local Shanghai, meaning that you either have a local Shanghai hukou or a Shanghai ID based on where you live in Shanghai. They can assign you to a hotel that's in the district that you live in. And if you're a visitor to Shanghai, they might randomly assign you to any hotel. So it's really like opening a blind box of uh, what kind of flavor of chocolate you get.
1: And just to clarify, even for those who are from Shanghai and have a Shanghai hukou, the process is still pretty random. So you could really get any kinds of hotel. And the one that we stayed in was fortunate to be located in a really busy district. It was actually next to the train station of Shanghai. So we had an abundance of choices for food deliveries. And we actually even had milk tea on some occasions.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's the highlight of the trip. Uh, of the hotel say at least and also interestingly growing up in shanghai uh, winter in shanghai is normally very cold and wet but our hotel somehow they managed to get the in-room temperature pretty warm and pretty dry so for me it didn't feel like i was in shanghai the whole time uh, and one thing that i you know i highly recommend and this is something that Han reminded me is to get a yoga mat for your stay in the hotel because being locked in the room for 14 days without working out your shape can get out of control and you might not get very healthy so a yoga mat is very important for indoor exercise
1: yeah and charlie and i both were working during our quarantine period and we had to fight to be able to use the one table and one chair that was available in the room and sometimes Charlie would lucidify it and end up on the tiny couch provided with the laptop in his laps. So this is not a sustainable posture, and he ended up having back pain. So the yoga mat... <laughs> on the mat, second day. <laughs> so the yoga mat was pretty essential.
0: <laughs> For healing, absolutely. <laughs> and then sooner than we realized, 14 days just flew by. It's interesting to say this, but at the end of the
1: 14-day pretty much two hours before we were supposed to be released, I actually felt a little sad and took a bunch of photos. And we didn't actually leave the minute that we were released. We actually probably lingered on for at least five, 10 minutes before we properly said goodbye to the room.
0: Yeah, it felt like home after 14 days. And then when we uh, were released, uh, I think that the most important change was the personal health QR code that finally turned green. So a bit background on the QR code, ever since the COVID broke out in China, all the uh, major cities at least have their own version of personal health code that follows with you. You can use that through WeChat everywhere you go, which is a, either a public location, like a hotel or shopping mall or restaurant. Before you enter, you need to use that QR code to scan the location QR code so that it can record that you visit that place as a way to trace your itinerary, uh, which came very helpful when a case was confirmed and the government needs to check who were close contacts with these confirmed cases so they can control the spread of the disease.
1: So it's pretty common to see people lining up at the entrance of hotels and shopping malls to pull up that QR code on their phone. And because how cold it is during the winter time in Beijing and Shanghai, sometimes your phone can be pretty slow in pulling up that QR code. So the best practice, as we learned later on, is to get ready before you even enter a building because it's always going to be checked.
0: Yeah, so that QR code was very helpful uh, because otherwise we wouldn't be able to get on the train that took us back from Shanghai to Beijing. Uh, And on the train, even if it was a pretty low risk time already, but everyone still wear masks the whole time. And so we're finally back to Beijing to be able to reunite with our families. It was very positive feeling in the first few days. But after that, nonstop family time is something that's now a little bit hard to get used to. And also, especially when Chuhan and I had to work the whole time, the productivity really get hurt.
1: Yeah, I guess we settled with ourselves that the purpose of the trip is to spend quality time with our families. After the 14-day quarantine, we were out in mid-December, so it was close to the holiday season, Christmas season, New Year's. So it's generally a slow time, and we were able to take more time off, but still, it's hard to be productive when you have families around.
0: Absolutely. And then somewhere in the middle, we decided to take a little bit break over a weekend. And we hop on a trip to a local tourist attraction on the border of uh, Beijing to adjacent city. It features... Southern style, at least Southern by design, by intention of a local village with rivers or creeks flowing by. But because it was located in Beijing, some of their designs are actually from Northern architecture style. But next to the village, there's a piece of uh, the Great Wall that's supposed to be the steepest. So we spent two days there, which was a really great getaway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The place was not so crowded, especially given the fact that 2020 has been a year with no international traveling and pretty much everyone has to travel domestically. We were expecting bigger crowds, so it was pretty cold and we were among the brave souls to be able to be outdoors and even climb the Great Wall, which was hard because it's super windy that day and you felt like you could launch into the sky like a kite at any moment. Yeah, but... Even at its low time, the tourist attraction still followed strict processes to check everyone's health code and temperatures and even places you've been to, your residence, etc. to make sure that no one of middle to high risk is allowed in the attraction. All of us felt pretty safe while we were traveling there.
0: Yeah, it's no kidding when Chohan said it was really cold. It was actually the coldest day in Beijing since the year of 2000. So the coldest day in the past two decades.
1: We were pulling out our phone to try to take a photo. And <laughs> within about two or three photos, the phones were dead.
0: Because of the low temperature and the batteries stopped working.
1: <laughs> and I, I swear that it, it had around 80% battery left in
0: the phone. And then when we were back from the short trip, it was the time that isolated local COVID cases started to show up from the local news in Beijing. And then we started to see in different neighborhoods and communities, government started conducting frequent COVID tests of people who either live or work around those regions.
1: Some of the cases were associated with people who went back to China on international flights from high-risk countries. And some of the other cases were associated with frozen food supply chain.
0: Yeah, because the COVID virus is actually resilient under very cold temperature, even in frozen temperature. So a lot of the imported frozen goods were carrying COVID viruses. And people who are in close contact of those goods, either through the logistics, were contacted and then start spreading before they know it.
1: Right. And some restaurants, hotels, and shopping malls where the confirmed cases have visited will actually need to shut down during this special time especially as the biggest chinese holiday season the chinese new year is coming up soon in early february
0: yeah and so right now the trending phrase actually in china is which means to stay where you are during the holiday season and celebrate locally Because traditionally, Chinese New Year holiday is pretty much like Thanksgiving in the U.S. or Christmas everywhere. People get together with their families, big reunion time. And so it's really rare that during Chinese New Year, uh, you don't spend the time together with your family. But now, I mean, this year, sadly, it seems like it should be the case now. So 就地过节, 就地 means where you are. Guojie means to spend a holiday or experience a holiday.
1: I also saw in the news today that certain cities like Shanghai and Hangzhou are giving out bonuses for those who actually stay in the city during the holiday season as a little compensation, a little token of appreciation for them to sacrifice the family reunion time but help cut the spread of the virus
0: yeah so you know a month passed through very fast, and we are ready to get on the way back to the u s
1: We didn't want to leave but Again, the low productivity with families around is really putting a toll on our career. And it felt like the time to refocus on our career goals for 2021. And it's time to say goodbye for now and hope that in a couple of months, travel will go back to normal and we would be able to see our families like usual.
0: Yeah. So to be able to get back to these days, international flights are very limited coming out of China. So we have to get back to Shanghai you know, from Beijing. And then flight tickets are easier to get compared to the way... Much easier. Much easier compared to the way back to China. Much cheaper. Much cheaper for sure. And our flight was almost unbelievably empty. I think there were only 30 people on our flight. We were able to sleep occupying the whole row the whole time. So I got a lot of sleep, which was actually a lesson learned. Very bad for my jet lag.
1: And I think you said this is probably the emptiest fly you've ever flown on.
0: Yeah, one of the top three, actually, for sure. Because generally for me and Chuhan, we travel internationally a lot. I used to work for a European company. I used to go to Amsterdam three times a year and then to China, maybe three four times. So we travel internationally almost once every month, if not once every other month. So generally jet lag is not a problem for me. I used to be able to function in any time zone. But this time, because we haven't traveled internationally for more than a year. And then also I made the mistake of sleeping a lot on the plane back. The first week after coming back to California was horrible for me.
1: Now, after a couple of days, we're finally getting back to our regular schedule.
0: And fortunately, we were back just in time when the United States announced a new rule to require mandatory COVID tests for anyone coming in through international flights.
1: Yeah, I think COVID tests will be required for everyone coming to the States starting from January the 26th. And when we landed, there were so few people that it took us less than two minutes to go through. And with the new COVID test required, it's probably going to take three, four minutes, I believe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, we're back. And I know it's really ambitious to wrap up a month and a half trip back to China in just half an hour. But this is a highlight of our trip. And in future episodes, we can dive deeper into some interesting topics, uh, such as interesting people we met in China, in Beijing, Shanghai, and also some thoughts on the development of some industries in China compared to in the United States.
1: 2021 is promised to be better, promised to be a year with greater opportunities, and we are excited to see what's in-house.
0: And most excitingly, we're getting ready for our launch of the Meho app, which is going to happen in the next few weeks. So 2021 is definitely another important year for us.
1: Yeah, stay tuned for the launch of the Meho app.
0: All right, guys, stay tuned for our next update. And before that, stay healthy, stay happy, and stay exercising.
1: And when you can, stay where you are during whatever holiday season before the vaccines are fully out and distributed.
0: All right, guys, take care.
1: Bye. Bye.